Good morning, everyone. I am very excited to share today about Rahab. I just want to ask very quick, has anyone here studied the study of Rahab? You can raise your hand. Okay, maybe like one or two. Um, yeah, this was something really new for me. I knew about her, but I have never really took the time to study her and it has been such a blessing for me to learn about her how she operated in faith and how god redeemed her story thank you okay so today um yeah i'm really excited to um to share about her story and first i want to give you a little context of what is happening here So um, last week, um, he talked about, um, Kubi talked about Moses and how he was leading the Israelites through um, the wilderness. So now we find ourselves in the story of the Israelites where Moses died and there is a new person that will be assigned by God to lead the Israelites. So as we see here, um, they were in the wilderness and now they are able to see the promised land but they're not yet going into the promised land because Joshua will be the one that will lead them through the Jordan River um, into the promised land. So what does he does um, in the book of Joshua? We are going to go into it, but he sends two... One second, I'm not sure if this is working. Oh, yeah. He sent two spies um, to view the promised land. So it says um, in verse... Uh, in the first verse of Joshua, um, in the second chapter, it says, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. So this is when our character, who's we're going to start today, comes into this story. So as you can see, the Israelites need to go into the promised land. But before that, Joshua, the new leader assigned by God to go through Um, the Jordan River, and get into the promised land says, wait, before we do that, we're going to go and check out the land, which is very wise to do that, um, especially when they were preparing for battle. So now we see Rahab, she's part of this community, of this people group, and she is going to be the one that welcomes them in many ways, as um, Gadir read today. So the first point that I want to talk today, there's going to be three points. Um, I was just in Pierre the other day. I feel like I have never prepared for a message where it was so simple. It was so simple, but at the same time, I believe that if we get what the Lord is trying to explain here, it is so powerful and it can change our lives in beautiful ways. I feel like it has impacted my own life so much as I have, you know, studied and really um, been convicted in many ways. But it's going to be really simple, guys, but I really pray and hope that you will um, just really grasp and be challenged by these concepts. Okay, so the first one is that Rahab was available. And in Hebrews 11.31, as Gadir just read, it says that she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. So these two spies came, and she was the one that opened her door. It says that did a friendly welcome. She was not just like, okay, come in, whatever. She was friendly. She was available for them to come into their house. And then um, we see that, you know... Um, Yeah, this one is the one that we read a minute ago. But it says that he, um, she received the two spies into, um, into her home. And 
Before I move um, into the next, into the next um, verse, I wanted to highlight this. Sometimes we believe that we can be available for our neighbor next door, or we can be available for a fam- family member where they come to visit to our city. Like we're so available, sure, stay with me, you know, there's an extra room, we can, you know, have you on the couch, whatever. But in this case, I want you to understand that she was being available for the people that was gonna kill her group, like her people. They were gonna come, check out the land, and they were gonna be killed. So I want you to have the context of who she's welcoming. And I'm gonna read this verse um, that talks about what, like who are these people. It says in Joshua 2, verse two to four. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who enter your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the women had taken the two men and hidden them. So I want you guys to think about this. She's probably not excited or like super happy or like relaxed. She's probably under a lot of pressure. She's probably afraid. She's probably, I might die tomorrow or I might die later if they find out they're here. So I want you guys to understand that when we are available, it doesn't mean that God is going to play everything perfect. I have heard so many times, I don't think this is the Lord because things are not lining up easily. And I'm like, that is not a truth from the gospel. Many times when we are called to be available, it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. And it's not going to line up perfectly. Okay, so I was going to say this is story. This is an apartment in our home country that is like, the kind of like the business part of Lima where we are from and I remember maybe a year ago Piero came with this idea of like we should buy an apartment back home and I was telling Piero, Piero um, we have like uh, two kids under two years old we don't have a ton of savings like I don't think this is a wise idea and he was like I, I do believe that the Lord is calling us to do this and I'm like well if the Lord is calling us to do that I really hope he also show us the way because I don't really think it's possible so Piero played his faith card and things came through and we ended up getting this apartment. Now, we went to our country for three weeks. Piero knows, and those that are near me, know how precious that time is. I had to sacrifice one of those weeks to do all the paperwork, to get the apartment, like furnish, like we had to do so much in one week and to be honest, Piero still owes me one week of vacation in our country because he was just pressuring me so much. You are the one that can furnish the apartment better. Like, I have no idea what to do. And I'm like, so you just got this apartment and not want me to do all of it. Okay, it's fine. So I did it. You know, I truly believe that it was from the Lord. So we ended up doing it. This place is called Home Away From Home in, on, on um, Airbnb. But the reason why I'm sharing this is because we have done so much, you guys. We signed the paper with like you know, two babies, each of one carrying one, signing this paper that we don't really know if we're going to be able to sustain it in the long run, but we had a word from the Lord that he would provide, and like, we're trying to go all over our city, finding like, nice, but cheap, but like, not too cheap things to furnish it, like, we have everything ready in the apartment, like, we have, like, done our work, and the apartment is ready, but let me tell you something, okay? I was telling Piero, we have to talk to these friends because they have to take photos so that we can put it on the platform in Airbnb. 
It doesn't matter if we can pay the full amount of the apartment. It doesn't matter if the apartment is furnished with gold stuff, which it was not. It wasn't going to be available on Airbnb until we click available, you know? And I believe, as I was studying this, the Lord put in my heart, so many people do so much. They will go to school. They will find a job. They will move things around. They will do so much, but then you're never available to God. You know what I mean? So I want you to understand that it doesn't matter how much you do believing that you want to be used by God. If you are not available for God, if you are not like kind of like that click where you're like on the platform, you are not really available for God. You know, so I want us to stay with that idea. Now, the other side of the coin, this is Leo, our son. He was probably 13 or 14 months in this photo. And this is like the other side of availability. Um, Leo and Mia, they love being outside. As soon as we say, we're going to go out, they do this. They bring their shoes to us. They're like so available, if you will. And one of the things that I have been meditating is like, these kids have no idea where we're going. These kids have no idea like what's going to happen next or like if, if they're going to like it or not. or if it, like They don't know what, what is coming up but they're always available and they literally bring us their shoes, you know, in a way. So I was just thinking like, either if you're like being so ready for the Lord or on the other side, like in this case, Leo, if you don't know what's happening, you can still be available in both spectrums of like being so ready or not knowing what to do other than here are my shoes, mom. That is being available, you know, so you don't have to have it all together and you don't have to like know what's coming up. The fact that you're available is a posture of your heart. And many times that's going to be represented by just showing up to things or by just showing up to people or by just showing up to prayer, guys, to being with the Lord, to asking the Lord, what are you doing in this season, Lord? Okay, so what does it look for you to be available? Um, I want you guys to meditate on that. Maybe that looks like, I don't know, like praying more about a specific topic. Maybe that looks like talking to someone. I don't know what is in your context, but I want you guys to think what it means to be available. And the second one, which is the one that comes the hardest for me, is Rahab was obedient. And it says on the... Okay, so before we go into like that obedient bucket, I want to touch this topic really fast. It says in Genesis 15, 16... Um, and they shall come back here in the first generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Now, we're going to get very like theological for like probably 20 seconds um, just to give you a picture of what's happening. So the terms Amorite, which is mentioned in Genesis many, many, many chapters before, actually four generations before what's going on right now. It's a, a name that they will use interchangeable with the Canaanites, which is part of Rahab's story. So um, the Bible will use these, um, these um, two names, Amorite or Canaanite, interchangeable. And I want you guys to see that the Lord, kind of like there were four generations that maybe the Lord gave grace. Maybe the Lord was waiting. Like, will they return? Will they change? Like, we have seen it in the Bible where there are stories that the God, like God waits for the people to change. But... The sad reality in this story that we're looking at where the Israelites are going to go and attack and at the end basically kill the whole people, um, we see that they were not being obedient. And so this is the other part of what Gadir read today. It says, um, let me read it from here. It says, 
by faith perhaps the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient. So in this case, um, I want us to realize that because Rahab was obedient, all the other people were disobedient, right? He, she was going to be chosen by God to be the one that the Israelites were going to receive her, right? And I want to touch on... Okay, let me... Give me one second. Okay, it says... And as soon, in Joshua 2, verse 11, it says, And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. So this is, um, this is Rahab talking. And one of the reasons why I wanted to put this verse in the context of obedience, it's because so many times when we think about obedience, we tend to think about it, as of fearing or like authority or like we have to do this like a lot of the times it's more a task than a desire and I wanted to touch in these two ideas of the root of obedience because I do believe that depending on your culture or depending on your parents style of parenting you might be led by any of these sides which I believe it has to be an and both it has to be you know fear and love it can't be one or the other so um, I also want you to like, think about it and reflect on your own story. So there are two verses. The first one is Proverbs 1, verse 7, that says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you read Proverbs, it starts with fearing the Lord, and it finishes with, um, fe- with fearing the Lord. The whole book of Proverbs kind of like instructs you and teaches you and encourages you to have that fear of the Lord. That fear of the Lord is good, is healthy, is meant to be placed since you're very young and it's meant for you to be saved for so many things. Even though if you read Proverbs and I encourage you to do that, you know, like having this fear of the Lord, which leads you to wisdom and then it talks so much good about it, how that will give you health, that will give you happiness, that will even give you more years of life. So if you are up to more years of life, you don't only need more vitamins in your pills, you can also, you know, get the word of God, which will give you um, that. So that's one part of that obedience, um, of the obedience, you know, part, where like, there is this fear of the Lord. But, as we read here, um, they were melted, and you know, like, the, the Canaanites were so afraid, you guys, and they still did not turn to the Lord. So it's kind of like contradicting, right? It's kind of like, yeah, they were so afraid, but they did not fear the Lord. They fear like the wrong, um, their fear was not on the right place. It was not on fearing the Lord. So now there is another part of this, you know, fear component and like, you know, being obedient to the Lord where it talks about love. And in John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So I want you guys to think about it Um, are you obeying the Lord? Are you trusting the Lord? Are you following the Lord out of fear of like fear of, oh, maybe I'm not going to go to heaven. You know, that's not a truth from the gospel. A fear of like, okay, my parents did this, so I might as well do that. Um, Or are you doing it out of fearing the Lord in like a wise and healthy posture and at the same time, you're doing it out of love and desire because you want to be obedient to God. So I want you guys to really um, take that concept of obedience because it hasn't been easier for me. Um, you know, my mom 
is here. So my mom's side has always been a lot more on the loving part. And so for me, it comes very easy to be loved by God, to love God. But when it comes to that obedience of like, oh no, like God is a God that, yes, he went into war and killed all these people. It's kind of like, what? You know, like sometimes we have this view of God of like, oh no, he's just like, he's just love and he is love. But there also needs to be a component of respect and honoring and having a fear of the Lord. Okay, so what does it look like in your own journey with God to be obedient? I told you this was a very, you know, simple, simple message as the gospel it is very simple, but it is not an easy thing to follow. Okay, so the, fir- the, third, um, the third thing that I wanted to talk to you about today, and it's actually the last one, is about Rahab um, being redeemed. And I love this idea of being redeemed. Kira said that we said it in the huddle. We all kind of like said, redeem, um, as we huddle together in the morning. Um, but one of the reasons why I love this concept, it's because all of the stories that we have shared in the faith series, um, all of the, the people that was used by God had all of these characteristics. And a lot of them, yes, they had you know, a lot of things going on. Some of them lied. Some of them were in trouble. Some of them were like, she was a prostitute. Like, they just carry this you know, like, history or background, if you will, into what God was going to do. Um, but the idea of being redeemed it adds a new character into this story. It adds God coming into this story that is going on and transforming and changing the trajectory of what history could look like. Does that make sense? So if God would have not show up in any of these stories, we would have seen a Moses that wasn't able to talk. We would have seen a Noah that did not believe that he could do an ark. So like when we read these stories, we need to look at the character of God, of who God is and what God does and how he operates. Okay, so um, there is Joshua. Let me, okay. In Joshua 2 verse 21, it says, and she said, According to your word, so be it. Then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Okay, so let's kind of like back up a little bit of this story. The two spies go into Rahab's house. She's a prostitute. Um, You know, we know that. She gives a friendly welcome. We know that the king of Jericho comes and tells them like, what are you doing? Take out the people. And she kind of just hits them. So they are there. Um, And then this is what happened. Um... You know, um, the Israelites and, and Rahab got into this agreement where Rahab is going to tie this scarlet cord in the window. And that was going to be the sign for the Israelites when they come and attack the Canaanites. They were going to know wherever you see the window with the, scar- with the scarlet cord, you are not going to touch that house. So Rahab was being obedient not only for herself which is amazing, but she was also being obedient for, his, for her household. So um, in this story, we see how God redeems Rahab, yes, but she also is going to redeem her household because as she ties these, the people that are inside there were also going to be saved. Um, and one of, the, you know, one of the beautiful things that scholars have studied since the beginning, really, um, is that this scarlet cord would have represented the blood of Jesus. And one of the things that I love is that 
you know, the Israel, like Israelites were going to kill all of the Canaanites and all of these people. And they did not need to know anything else. But like this house was chosen by God to be set apart, to be protected, to be kind of like not touched. And I do believe that that's who we are as Christians. When we receive God and receive Jesus and we decide to follow him, um, we are set apart in many ways, not only in the spiritual realm, but in like the physical, you know, like we are set apart for God and things are different, guys. Like they, she was supposed to be killed. Rahab and her family were also supposed to be killed. But because she had that, she was protected and she was set apart and she was like, taken out and chosen. And I do believe that that's a beautiful representation of what the gospel means in our life. Okay. And so then, I love, um, you know, this concept. I was thinking, and we're going to get more into it in, in a few minutes, but I was thinking how Rahab, you know, she is protected. Her house is not touched. And for those that know this story, it is so beautiful. But what, what happens with them? Like, what does God does with them? Once they are protected, it's beautiful because they're not just protected and kind of like, okay, now you go and find your people and like go somewhere and like, you know, like be led by God. God bless you. No, like they save them and then they invite them into the community. They invited them to be part of the Israelites. And if you know the story... Um, of Rahab, um, in Matthew 1, um, verse 1 to 5, we see there is like that genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. And I haven't really touched too much on Rahab being a prostitute because I truly deeply believe the Lord wasn't too concerned about her profession or what she did. Um, until this point, every single time the Bible talks about Rahab, she's mentioned as Rahab the, the prostitute. The prostitute, like, it, it always has to go hand in hand that Rahab was the prostitute. The prostitute, Rahab, you know, it was always mentioned that way um, until we get into that genealogy of Jesus. She is not mentioned as Rahab the prostitute. She is just mentioned Solomon, the father of both, whose mother was Rahab. So this is the first time that we see that she's really not mentioned as the prostitute. And one of the reasons, um, you know, why this happens, it's because God moved Rahab from her reality, from her experience, from her people. She saved her. She invited into the family of God, into the Israelites. And she not only did that, um, you know, with her and stay there. She was like, I would think if she's saved and she, she was invited to be part of the Israelites, I was like, okay, God, you did a good one. You're amazing. Praise the Lord. That's good. But he did not stop there, guys. He decided that she was going to be part of Jesus' ancestors. So she, if you, like, you know, track down generations to generations like Matthew's doing right here, she ends up being part of... Um, you know, like Jesus' ancestors, which I believe it's beautiful. And as we were talking with Pierre about this message, um, we were just both so in awe of this concept because it says that everyone is welcome into God's family. And we all know that, you know, like for those that are Christian, like you are like, you love the Lord. You want everyone to be part of God's family. You want everyone to be saved. But will you, if you're a parent, will you? 
be excited to have your son marry, you know, a redeemed prostitute. You know what I mean? Like, think about that concept. Like, sometimes we are easy to say, yes, praise the Lord. Everyone has, you know, a space in heaven. Or we can say, sure, like, I would invite anyone to my table. But, I mean, not to compare, but, like, sometimes we see a homeless in the street. And will you consider, I would invite this person into my house. And I don't only want to give them the couch to sleep, but I want to give them the main room and I would just move to the couch. Like, if you grasp these concepts that we're learning and that we're talking and that we're meditating on, it's crazy. Like, will, I was telling Pierre, will you, you know, kind of like want Rahab to be Leo's future wife? And Pierre was like, whoa, like, that changes things a little bit, you know? So that, if you're a Christian, like, sometimes... You, you know, like, we want to be welcoming and we want to be a good Christian, but we just want to do that with our family and, like, with our friends and, like, you know, people that could be our friends in the future, but we don't really think about what about that people that might not look like right now where God will have them in a few years? Or what will it look like someone that God will redeem and transform? You know what I mean? And then the other part of the story is for those that have, you know, some questions about will God keep me? Will God protect me? Will God save me? Will God use me? Will God set me apart? And you know, I think this is the answer as well. Rahab was not supposed to be part of God's, you know, of Jesus' lineage. She was not, if we think about what the standards of the world will say, he wasn't supposed to be, or he wasn't like, she wasn't like the most, you know, like, I don't know, better candidate to be part of this list. But the Lord does that, you know what I mean? And sometimes we think about Pierre and I, you know, like, I don't know, like starting this church or like we see JY or Kobe, you know, sharing a message. But I believe that God can use someone that just comes into this door, believes in Jesus tomorrow and decides to give their life to the Lord. Like he can use that person a million times more than he will ever use the four of us together, if you will, because God operates in that way. God is not a God like you and me think. He thinks different, and he today is inviting us to believe in that redemption for us, yes, and if you're redeemed in the Lord, praise the Lord. As Kevin shared the story today, praise the Lord for that. But also to think about your neighbor, and not your neighbor, but like your physical neighbor in your apartment, which most likely someone that looks a lot like you will live there, you know, or at least in some ways it's similar to you. But your neighbor, meaning like that person that... You know what I mean? Like the prostitute or like the homeless or like the poor or all of those people. How are we inviting and welcoming, giving a friendly welcome to these people? So this is the last question. What does it look like to be redeemed? Okay, so this is the end, my friends. I told you it was super easy. And now I want to invite Lara um, to, pray, to, pray, to play a little bit. I was just... Um, you know, meditating on this, and I was like, listen, I believe that the Lord wants to redeem us today, you know, like, redeem thoughts, redeem ideas, redeem us, literally, you know, if you have never, you know, decided, I'm going to stop doing this stuff, I'm going to stop living this life, you know, like Rahab, and I'm going to choose to believe in God, even though I'm afraid of the outcome, even though I might not know what's going to come, so today I want us to pray, and I thought um, today will be prayer available as it gets fit with the topic. But I want you to, to meditate on these words, available, obedient, and redeem. Is there any area in your life 
that you need to be available to God. Maybe you have it all together, like the Airbnb, and you just need to do that just last thing. The last thing to be available, fully available. Or maybe you are like Leo that has no idea what's coming up, but you just want to show up to God and be like, I'm going to be available to go out, even though I have no idea where we're going. And then the second one is being obedient. And I want you to think about, have I been obedient to God because of fear? And maybe insecurities and maybe, you know, just past experiences? Or are you being obedient to the Lord because of a truly real desire to follow Him? Um, and as Rahab said, that she knew that God was the God of like above and beyond and everywhere in the world. Like, do you need that affirmation from God to be obedient to Him? To fully grasp who God is, that He says, that He is who He says He is. And then the final word is, Are you um, in need of redemption in any area of your life? And the other side of this coin of redemption is, are you being welcoming, friendly, inviting others to be redeemed and to be part of God's family because he has a space available for that person? But do you believe in that? Do you trust in God that he can redeem? And that he wants to friendly welcome those that we think have not a seat in the table. And not only a seat in the table, but maybe the main seat in the table. Maybe the special seat in the table. So let me just pray and Lord is going to lead us into what she knows how to do well. In the spirit of the Lord um, in worship. But I just want to pray right now. Lord, we just give you this message that is simple that it's very, you know, like to the point, but we pray, Lord, that you will search us to the depths of our heart, to the depths of who we are, God, that you will come into our minds right now and bring into our attention the areas that we need to be redeemed, the areas that we need to be available, the areas that we need to be obedient to you, Lord. God, we invite your Holy Spirit to come today, Lord, to be here and to do, Lord, what only you know how to do, God. We cannot do it. We come before you knowing that we cannot do it, but we choose to trust you and we ask that you will do it, God, that you will bring into our minds, into our thoughts, into our feelings. As Kevin said, it's just a feeling that marked her life and changed him. Lord, will you do what only you can do? And as you feel led and in need of prayer, we are going to be in the back ready and available to pray for you because we believe that God wants to redeem, um, redeem us today in many ways. In Jesus' name, amen.